0: Hello, I'm Melissa Crook, and I am here with you today at 360 Talk Radio for Women to talk about prioritizing self-care and how I believe it starts with embracing all your beautiful, complex layers. And you may be asking, what does that mean? Well, we're going to get into that today. I'm so honored that Lori Carice asked me to be part of this month's um, summit here at 360 Talk Radio. This is going to be a great opportunity for me to share what I've learned in my journey, as well as from our guests and counterparts and friends um, at the Field Podcast, Finding Empowerment, Embracing Layers Podcast, I founded in July of 2021 to have these conversations about prioritizing our self care as women. We tend to wait until we've hit a wall before we prioritize our self care. And not only is that not good for us, it's actually not good for any of the people in our lives either because they're not getting the best, healthiest, most honest, rawest version of us that we've defined through our own expectations and knowing who we are. So we're going to get into that today. And I hope you find this helpful. I hope it makes you curious about your own journey. I hope that we're able to provide, um, I'm actually confident that we'll be able to give you some great resources today to either help the journey you're already on with this or get you thinking about getting going on that and feeling encouraged. And don't worry, we have a whole community to support you. Just go to embracinglayers.com to learn more about all the ways you can engage with us um, through our social media, through our Substack. Um, through listening to our podcast episodes, reading our blogs. We have a whole page of resources there on how to go about doing this work. Um, And we are going to, starting um, January 1st, have a radio show right here on 360 Talk Radio once a week, every Monday for six hours. You get to hear from me and many of my um, friends and, and counterparts that I've talked about earlier, you're gonna hear from even more of them when we launch the radio show, where we're really gonna dive into this. It's gonna be called the Embracing Layers Radio Show. But so this is a little bit of a sneak peek into that today. And I'm just so glad to have you here with us to, to listen and learn. My journey with this um started, well, kind of really started back in 2017 when I started asking the questions, and then in earnest in 2019 when my own um, health journey made me stop and check and be like, okay, I really have to get serious about this. Um, And through that journey, I've come up with these ideas of what it looks like to get to a point where I feel like I'm valuable enough and worthy of taking the time for myself and prioritizing my self-care. And I don't feel guilty about it anymore. And I understand that I am worth it Um, But it's a journey because that is not the message we are sent. We are told that we are valued by what we do and what we bring and how we show up for people. We are not taught that we are valuable and good just as we are, whether I sit on the couch all day or whether I'm out volunteering all day or at my job. I'm valuable. My value does not change no matter what I'm doing. But that is not what the culture has told us. And so um, we really work hard here at the Embracing Layers Network to um, change that narrative and talk about the things um, that people have been hesitant to talk about that make this journey challenging, um, necessary, um, all those things. So um, first off, what does embracing layers mean? Embracing layers means accepting all those parts of you, the fun parts, the scary parts, the pretty parts, the ugly parts of your journey, of yourself, of your character traits, of the things that have happened to you, of the choices you've made, of how you know, you've know you shown up in your life, all those parts, how people have affected you, not affected you, all those things, all those parts. We tend to want to accept the good stuff, but we tend to want to step away the hard stuff. And so... I believe in my journey and what I've learned in talking to so many other women in my life, um, you have to get to a point where you can embrace and accept all those parts of yourself. See yourself as valuable. Quit seeing emotions as positive or negative and simply see them as clues to how you're feeling, where you are, what needs to be processed, what you're experiencing. And getting kind of neutral with how you view those things rather than putting judgment on them or only wanting to embrace the ones that feel easier and, and stay away from the ones that feel harder. Because it's by stuffing those things and not confronting them and processing them that we get ourselves in trouble. They store up in our bodies and then they can show up in some not so great ways later. So um we're going to talk about that in some ways you can, you can start figuring out what those layers are so you can embrace them. But I believe when you can do that, then these other things that we will talking about in terms of setting healthy boundaries for ourselves, living out of our own expectations versus others, um, living unapologetically and inviting other women along with us to do the same, and then showing up healthy in our relationships. I believe these things are all tied together, seeing that tie between our emotional health, physical health, mental health. These are all connected. And um, But we have to be willing to sit in them and take the time to acknowledge them, feel them, and decide how it is we need to walk them out and how we need to take care of ourselves each day to allow space for that. All right. So so how you might sound, say, this sounds great, Melissa. I, I'm really excited about this. This sounds like a good idea but I have no idea where to begin. Well, that's what we're going to start with right now. I'm going to give you a few steps that I have used that some of our friends here at the Embracing Layers Network have shared with us over the last couple of years to help you get started on this journey. And then we're going to take some time today to hear from some of those guests we've had on the podcast. We've got some sound bites we'll share, and then I'll comment on that I think you're going to find really helpful um, and encouraging and And also maybe a little challenging, too, in terms of rethinking and reframing how you're approaching your self-care and and whether you're really um, making yourself the priority that you need to be. All right, so something that I start with is I like to introduce all the guests on our podcast um, by their character traits. Um, because I have found that people tend to define themselves by what they do, not who they are, especially women. And, um, and this is just a narrative that happens and it happens across the board, not just with women, but I think I've seen it. I'm focusing on women today. So that's who we're going to be talking about. Um, and so I would like to see us get to a point where we're first introducing ourselves by our character traits, and then we organically get into what we do. Because if we are defined by our roles, our jobs, our labels, those things are fleeting. They change over time. Whether we choose to or not, we go through different seasons. And so if you're losing or getting lost in who you are every time one of those things changes or goes away, that's not a very peaceful way, content way to live. And so I'd like to see a shift to um, and having more conversations around who we are character trait wise. And then as those labels come and go, um, not that change won't be hard, but it won't throw us off and knowing who we are and being able to feel value and being able to define who we are as people. All right. So these are, again, these are not things you do. These are not your roles, your jobs, your labels. These are the traits that define you, who you are. Um my Some of my character traits are passionate, driven, empathetic, curious, outspoken, stubborn, loyal, hopeful, controlling. Um, do this yourself. Don't ask others to do it for you. These are things that you need to be able to name yourself because this is going to get you thinking about who you are. Do I know who I am? Or am I letting other people define that? So start with you. You'll also notice that the things that I listed, they're not all things that um, are always the most uh, helpful. I would say, you know, being controlling, it might feel good in the moment, but it's not always helpful. Um, But what I have learned to do is I've learned to think about, okay, what is it, that has happened in my life, in my patterns, in jobs I've had, in spaces I've lived in, people I've known, where I've grown up. What are the things that make me go into that mode where I feel like I need to take control of things? And when I'm able to name that and get to the root of that, I'm able to pick up on that sooner and be like, okay, wait a minute, I'm being controlling What right now. What's going on? What do I need to process and move through? So um. So it makes you think about those things, but also giving yourself compassion because we're not going to be perfect all the time. We are not perfect humans. Um, Haley Page McGee, who I follow on Instagram and who I really enjoy, um, said something that I love in one of her Instagram posts the other day. It says, when I'm feeling really frustrated by my old unhealthy coping mechanisms, I try to remember to stop and thank them for keeping me safe, when I didn't have another way. So I think that's really important as we think about, as we're working through and maybe trying to clean up some of those things that we do that aren't as healthy or aren't serving us anymore. We go back to that and remind ourselves of that. But anyway, name your character traits. Um, Do this yourself, like I said. And again, reminder, If you're struggling with this, this might be a clue that you are allowing others to define you rather than you defining you. Um, If we don't have clarity of who we are, and we and communicate that to others, they will automatically define you based on their experience with you. That's just human nature. So something to stop and think about there too. Um, And as you're doing this, as you're as you're trying to name those things, and maybe. Again, give yourself grace. If you're having a hard time with this, just try to come up with one thing each day, one character trait each day. Um, and this doesn't have to be something or a way that you show up with 100% of the time. Um, a mentor of mine, Betty Colbo Lothar, who I was had the good fortune of knowing um, about 20 years ago, said something to me that was really helpful in this. She's like, if you are doing something not doing something. See, even I have the habit of doing that. If you are showing up in a certain way 5% of the time, then that is a part of who you are. That is something you can claim as a character trait. So think about it that way too, because also we're not going to show up the same way all the time. I'm not going to always show up passionate um, because I'm, I'm. I'm. that's just not going to show up in everything I'm doing all the time. But so don't, Be judgmental of yourself or don't be so critical or critiquing. We are very critical. We're very hard on ourselves that you miss those things um, that you show up in sometimes when scenarios provide themselves. Um, Think of what drives you, not who drives you, but what drives you. Are you driven by compassion? Are you driven by empathy? Are you driven by a healthy anger to make a change? Are you driven by motivation? Are you intuitive, curious, hopeful? Are you driven by jealousy? Sometimes we are, and that can be a doesn't have to be a torrid jealousy. It can be all kinds of things. Are you driven by you're just super energetic, outgoing, introverted? What are those things that drives you um, that can really help you define character traits? Once you've identified your character traits, consider which ones you have accepted about yourself and which ones you'd rather not accept. And I talked about this earlier when I talked about being controlling. That's not one that I love, but I've learned to go back and identify what scenarios, what triggers make that come up uh, so that I'm aware of it. I can notice it more. I'll be like, okay, wait a minute. Am I taking control of a situation in a healthy way or am I trying to be controlling? Because also any characteristic can work to your benefit or your detriment um, depending on how far you take it. So I think that's something important to remember too. Um, And think about why that thing that you're struggling with, again, why don't you want to accept it? What would it take to start accepting that? Um, First, you got to get comfortable and be willing to sit in this, but would it take forgiveness, self-compassion, empathy? Would you accept this in someone else? Um, Do you truly believe that you're not supposed to show up perfectly every day? Do you really, do you give the same grace to yourself as you do others? I don't expect my husband to show up perfectly every day, but am I putting that, you know, am I giving myself that same grace? No, I'm not supposed to be perfect. Um, Am I doing that? And and that's a hard one. I struggle with that. Do you believe that you are enough, exactly as you are and who you are right now? If you sit on the couch all day and binge your favorite Netflix show, um, do you feel like you're as valuable and worthy as if you go spend the whole day at work um, completing a bunch of projects and Getting praise from your boss. Those things are nice. And, you know, we have to make a living. We have to have resources. And it's good to get affirmations. But if our value is placed in that and we're not comfortable in our own skin as who we are, it's going to be very difficult if something gets interrupted or if we're not in an affirming space all the time, um, that we're not able to step back and say, oh, that's all right. They didn't see that, but I know I'm valuable, whether, They see it or not, my value isn't based on this work I do here, this role I play, this title I have. Um, So again, do you believe that you are enough exactly as who you are? If not, why are there stories, the culture, your family, your faith, your peers, your workplace, your relationships have sold you about yourself that you've treated as truth, that they're actually not. So maybe you've been told, um, you know, you're just you're just way too aggressive, um, and you really need to tone it down. Is that actually true, or is that a story someone has told you? If you are quote unquote aggressive, and you're using that to you know, inspire you to do things that you love and are passionate about and move the needle and make a difference in the world. Or if your aggressiveness and your comp, and I say aggressiveness again in quotes, and your confidence is just making other people uncomfortable because they don't have that same, um, confidence in themselves. That's not your problem. That's their problem. Um, and so, really make sure that when people are imposing these labels on you, that you're sitting back and thinking, "Is that actually true? Do I really need to step back, or is, or do I just need to be comfortable with the fact that not everybody's going to be comfortable with me, and that's okay because this is who I am, and I'm really proud of that." Um, so, and you're going to hear all these, you know, these narratives all the time. Like I said culture, family, faith spaces, your peers, your workplace, your relationships, if they're healthy or not, may have sold you about yourself that you've treated as truth, but they're actually not. You need to take those apart and and really look at them. This is another activity that I do that really helps me take some time each day to write down everything you're feeling without judgment. Um, Write down all those emotions And you can feel multiple emotions at the same time. I can be both grateful and sad at the same time. Um, I've had a a big year of a lot of losses. I've lost friends. I've lost um, my loved family, loved ones, multiples on both sides. It's been very difficult. Um, And so there's been a lot of grief. And I'm still making space for grief. That doesn't mean I can't at the same time be very grateful for all the opportunities that are in front of me in my work, um, in new challenges. We've just done a new move that we that's been that's going really well. Um, all those things can be happening and felt at the same time. I don't have to feel bad to be excited about these opportunities with my work and with our move. I don't need to sit and grieve 24 hours a day and not make space for the joy as well. I can do both. I can feel all those things. We are nuanced, complex um, people, and we need to allow space for that, make space for that, and not feel guilty about that. So name those emotions. um, Try to uncover the root of each of those. Why, Why am I feeling irritated today? What is it that's bringing me joy today? Where's my grief rooted? And this will help you then decide, okay, one, is this based on truth or story is not based in truth? Grief probably isn't, but some of these other things might be. So is this tra- based on actual truth? And sometimes you don't know. And um, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm not sure, but I'm feeling it. Well, if you're feeling it, that's enough. Okay. So based on how I'm feeling. Um, what do I need to help myself with this today? Um, with the joy, give myself room to feel joy, dance around, sing a good song, um, smile, meet the friend for lunch, you know, share the joy, be excited, call people, let them know, um, or just sit in it and feel it and take it in and be happy. But if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling anxious, um, if you're you've got you're really hyped up about a lot of different things, your mind's racing. what is it within that then that you need to help process and settle um, in those things? Do you need some cardio breathing exercises, yoga, Pilates, a walk in nature, meditation, journaling, a swim, um, again, you know, lunch with a friend, um, do you need to like just get a punching bag and, you know, punch some things out, uh, you know, figure out that thing that you need. Um, and also too, again, this goes, I said this earlier with the character traits, sometimes it's hard to even start to know where to name what we're feeling. So this, you don't, this doesn't have to be exacting just anything that comes to your mind. If it's just flat out overwhelmed, like, I'm overwhelmed by this activity. I'm overwhelmed by the thought of having to name how I feel. Overwhelmed. Start there. And again, be patient with yourself. But if you just give yourself this space each day to name these things, it's really going to inform what needs to be processed, what needs to be felt. And it starts exposing your layers and, and what layers are feeling attended to, what layers are feeling acknowledged, which layers need to be addressed and which layers are asking for some more attention. Um, And then remembering as you're, if you're struggling, like, I don't have time. I, I just don't have the space in my schedule for you that for this, reminding yourself that you are valuable enough. And so you need to really, you know, make sure I value myself enough that I'm going to make space for these activities because I matter. I matter for me. I matter um, for how I want to show up in the world. I matter um, for how I show up for my people. And this is going to sound rigid to some people, but this may require you to put this in your calendar each day to make sure it doesn't get lost in the day's activities. A lot of people don't like to put it in their calendar. It feels It's like, that that doesn't feel natural. That doesn't feel spontaneous. feels like I'm forcing myself to do it. Well, sometimes you have to create a new habit for it to start feeling natural and normal if it's not something you've been doing. So it's okay to put in your calendar. If you don't, things that are a calendar are things that we make priority. If you don't make this a priority, it will continue to get lost in the day's activities. And you'll continue to struggle with why... um, you're not feeling as peaceful and content as you want to. Um, and then you, you get hard on yourself because I'm like, oh, dang it. I didn't do that. Make it easy on yourself. Get it in your calendar. Make it a new habit. Um, and you can get creative. You know, you're like, oh, Melissa, I don't have time. I'm running the kids to soccer. I'm working full time. I'm on the PTO. Um, my, my partner's uh, work has an event tonight. Okay, this can be these can be listening to your favorite music in the car. If you're feeling really excited, jam it up. If you need some peace and contentment, listen to some soft music, some soft sounds, some um, river noises, ocean noises, uh, birds chirping in the mountains. You'll find those things that like if you're just driving in your car in between spaces that can calm you. Box breathing exercises are a great exercise to do a two minute box breathing exercise, Google box breathing. It's also on our, um, resources page on our website, embracinglayers.com, and, and do a box breathing exercise. Stop, uh, once an hour, once a morning, once an afternoon, a couple times a day, this will reset your nervous system and help you just to take a breath and reset. Um, but just make sure, um, you're finding ways and it may be creative. Maybe you're walking laps around the soccer field while your kids are at soccer practice. You know, you're, you're picking them up, you're getting off work, you're picking them up, you're taking them to soccer, have those um, walking shoes in your car. So they're just ready with to throw on and, and take some laps around, you know, but, but finding those ways to make that space for yourself because it, it matters. And these are so many times when you're doing this, we talk about, I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know how to name my emotions. I don't know what my layers are. So many times when we can take the times to quiet our minds, these things will start revealing themselves. Now, if you're like me, I didn't want to quiet my mind for years because there was a lot of stuff that would come up that I didn't want to deal with. I didn't want to sit quiet. I got real squirmy. And I had to get to a point where I had to be like, I think enough of me and I know that I deserve to be living better than I am. So I, I I'm going to do this because I, I am valuable and I am worthy of that. Um, and I, and it, it take it takes some discipline and it takes some, some gentleness and some patience. It doesn't happen overnight, but again, you're worth it. Um, and it, you know, what I've learned, like I said, In my experience, you have to see yourself as being worth the time before you'll put in the time. So like I said, we're going to hear from some people today, past guests from our podcast of The Field Podcast that have some great insights and affirmations on this topic. If you like what you're hearing from these different people, you can hear their full episodes by going to embracinglayers.com. I'll mention each of their names and what season they're from, and you'll be able to find um, those episodes on our website. So you can learn even more from them. You can read their blogs um, about their episodes are on our website as well, as well as the sources that they shared that are helpful to them and their self-care. So we're going to get started with that. And our first soundbite today is going to be on uh, from season one, uh, Meet the Crooks, the part one episode with Sierra. Um, she is my oldest daughter, and she's got a great. Um, this is our very first episode in season one. She's got a great clip on her journey and realization of having to see herself as valuable enough to make the time for um, the self care and, and 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 really embracing all her layers first, um, to, to make sure she made this a priority. So we're going to hear from Sierra here.
1: Prioritizing self-care in my life has really first come from having like a real, a, like the mindset of how I think about myself in the first place. So I've been able to prioritize self-care once I have believed that I was worthy enough to receive it. Mm. Cause I have believed that I was worthy to be taken care of by myself, worthy of rest, worthy of, that I was enough, things like that, that I would say that's, if I didn't have that, I don't think I could have prioritized self-care. Otherwise it's just like a thing to do on the checklist. Um, so that's where I think I started was a really long journey into that. I'm still on believing that I'm worthy of it in the first place. And then around like from there, it just turned into being able to say, like, identify what I need and say that it's worth the time to get it. And we might get into this, but like setting boundaries, communicating to the people around me. Um, luckily, I have like very supportive partner and friends in my life now where if I say I need alone time, then I can get that pretty easily. But for sure, it. it I think previously it meant saying no sometimes to things that people like didn't understand why saying no to people who thought like they really needed me in that moment things like that um that it's like hard so I had to understand why I was doing it and be be able to really get clear on like what what was okay what was not okay what I needed And when I needed it and, and saying that I was worth getting that. And I think really the motivation came from recognizing that, like I, if I was going to give anything to anyone in leadership or anything else, um, like I had to be like absolutely taking care of myself before I could take care of anyone else. Ah, so
0: good. So good from Sierra. Um, really sets the tone for our topic today. Um, which is, again, prioritizing self-care starts with embracing your layers. Maybe I should just kicked off the whole show with that clip. I don't know. Um, really good stuff. I'm so glad that she was willing to be honest with us about that because I think that's a place that a lot of us are. And um, whether you're in your 20s like her or in your 70s or 50s like me, it's never too late to start this. Um, but she gave some really good insight on that. All right. The next guest we're gonna hear from is my friend Stephanie Hunter. This is also from season one. And she's got a great. Oh, I, I just love this soundbite so much. And we'll talk about it um, afterwards. I have a favorite phrase from this. Um we'll see if you can pick up on it too. Here is Stephanie Hunter.
2: I think that we as women, we need to not feel guilty about pausing and Taking a day off or just you know relaxing, Mm -hmm. you know to recoup, regroup, you know because sometimes I know I've I've felt it sometimes when you don't do anything you feel guilty because you're not doing something yeah and so even though you should be relaxing you try to think of something else you could do to fill up that time yeah and sometimes you have to give yourself you know. Give yourself an allowance to relax. Yes. You know. And, you know, even if you close yourself up in the bedroom, you know, if you have children, tell them, okay, it's mommy time, you know, for an hour. Give me an hour, you know, to myself, and then I will I will be with you later or something like that. You have to steal those moments away and you can't feel guilty about it. Yeah. And so that helped me when I told my children mm-hmm. what I was about to do, mm-hmm. they respected that. Yeah. And they did not knock on my door or bother me within that window of time I told them. And then when I came out of my bedroom and replenished what you know, everything, then they were able. I was able to assist them. I was rejuvenated, or whatever yeah. the case may be. Even if you getting off of work, mm-hmm. give yourself an hour to just relax yeah. before attending to everybody else. Yes, and set that expectations in your household. You yes, know? yes. So I think that's very important, and that'll help everything run smoothly. Because oftentimes we don't communicate that mm-hmm. with people in our circle, and then we get upset. When they're pulling on us, when we just want to kick off our shoes and relax after coming home from work, yeah. And so, if they know that, okay, yes. when mom gets home from work, she needs a good thirty minutes to an hour to just unwind, and then we can ask her or you know, yeah. or do like that. So, I think that I, I just wanted to put that out there because I, I believe that. somebody, I believe somebody needs to hear, yeah, that that so they won't feel guilty about it. Absolutely. You know, and set those expectations up front so that everybody be on the same page and it'll help the household run much more smoother. Well, you're modeling that for your kids, too. I mean, I think that's the way we change the narrative with
0: this is we model that for our kids. And so they grow up and that's normal. And then they do the same thing. But if but if we're telling them to do all these things, but they're not seeing us do it themselves as we're raising them and talking to them, then they're you know, they're going to do what they they're going to follow what they see. We all know that. Yes. And if your words and your actions don't match, the actions are going to speak louder every time. So thank you for that. That's
2: so important. I have a saying is be the example that you want to see.
0: Yes. No, 100%.
2: (laughs) Yes. Be the example you want to see.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, that's absolutely true. It's absolutely right. I love what Stephanie said about be... The example you want to see, I think that is so beautiful. I think that's so perfect. And when you're the example you want to see, I think that invites other people to come along with you as well. I think it it involuntarily acts as an invitation when people see other people, when women see other people living their best, fullest, uh, content versions of themselves. It's, it's inviting. It's, it makes us curious. And so I, I, but I love that. I love that. Don't, and our our kids, you know, she's coming at this from a mom point of view, they will model what they see. And if what they see and what they hear don't add up, um, they're going to go with what they see. Um, But yeah, be the example you want to see. So good. All right. We are going to move into, um an episode that i went solo on in season 1 about embracing my layers and kind of taking that all apart and a layer that i hadn't embraced yet and so we're going to hear from my embracing um layers episode in season 1 um and then we'll talk about that again people if you've got you know if you want to have full health holistic health you cannot carry Anything, be like, mm, that's too hard to deal with. It's going to affect you. You cannot be fully emotionally healthy until you're honest and authentic about your story, about what's happened to you, about who you are. Um, it just, it just won't happen. This was a hard episode for me, but a necessary episode because there were people in my life that only knew parts of my story in the, in a certain season because I was ashamed of that, and I just, I, I kept it a secret. I carried it. I allowed them to believe things that maybe weren't accurate because I was afraid of what they would say or think of me if they knew the truth of that. And carrying that burden for all that years was not allowing me to embrace all my layers. And so it was really kind of an eye-opening moment, and it really was inspired by Stephanie Hunter's episode that I needed to come to grip with this and, and share with some close people in my life that I trusted, that were part of my journey. That needed to know the whole truth. I I didn't feel good about them not knowing the whole story. They were all, of course, incredibly loving and gracious. They wouldn't have been with me my whole life like they have been if they weren't, but it was a load, but it was like just a lesson in carrying shame and carrying secrets um, does not allow us to embrace our layers. And it's a form of self-care when we do that for ourselves. So thankful that I was able with the help of Stephanie and doing this work to, to come to that. It's been part of my healing journey. All right. We are now going to hear from Megan Van Stone, also from season one, and she's going to talk about the importance of the supportive relationships that we have around us. Here's Megan.
3: And it goes back to the first question that you asked me on Link choosing the right people in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that to a point I started to realize there's people in my life that are toxic, that aren't here to support me or help me, who just make me feel bad. And those aren't the kind of people that I need in my life to help get me to where I need to be. And once I really aligned with the people who I find most important in my life and people that, you know, that you can count on and know that I can call on them when I need help or that they can call on me when they need help, that sets everything into play. I mean, I have girlfriends who at the drop of a dime will be like, you're having a crappy day. I'm swooping up your kids. You go take a bath. I'll bring them back in an hour and a half. And that's the kind of community that I think is important to surround yourself with. To really help make sure that you can be your best self. Absolutely. And I am super grateful for those women in my life to help get me to those points.
0: All right, Megan. Uh, So thankful for that. So wise. She's so mindful of her girlfriend relationships, of those supportive relationships around you, of people that are in your corner that want to see you loving and taking care of yourself well that are a fan of you doing that and and doing that for yourself and doing that for each other and it is so important to really assess that am I surrounding myself with people that are for me it's something do you uh, you take the time to think about and and if that's something that you're struggling with what needs to be done there do there need to be some boundaries set do you need to set some expectations? Um, for yourself with them and communicate those things. People are not mind readers. And just because we change our mind on something doesn't mean they will know that. And you have to communicate that. And even after you've communicated that, it may take some time for them to adjust um, to the fact that you're not going to show up in a certain way for them anymore, that's not healthy for you, or that you've asked them, not to show up in a certain way that's not healthy for you. Like, I, I don't want to gossip anymore. I don't want to talk badly about family members anymore um, when we're together. That's, I feel that that's toxic and unhealthy. I don't want to participate in that. Can we not do that? Those kinds of things can be hard for people if that's how they're used to interacting with you. And, and so that's something really important to assess. And also, if they're not supported of you taking care of you, if you're not hearing from them, oh, I'm so glad to see you making time for that workout every day before you pick up the kids. So important for you. I'm so glad to see you taking that weekend with your partner. So important for you. If You're not hearing those kinds of affirmations from your relationships or hearing the opposite. You're hearing guilt or um, not getting support. Then you, 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 that's something you, you, I really ch- challenge you to assess is if do you are you. Surrounding yourself with people that value you the way you need to be valued in your care. All right, we are now going to hear from my wonderful partner and spouse of more than thirty years now, um, Brady. We're kind of talk about the importance in our partnerships, in relationships, and marriages of embracing each other's layers. So here's a here's an excerpt from us on that. Now, I would say for each other. I am a very accepting of your layers and you are very accepting of mine. And, Mm -hmm. and that support has really given us, I think that strength, we need to keep doing this because we have someone squarely in our circle that has already accepted those layers. So we need to do, and that, that I, I don't know if I could do
4: that without your support.
5: Well, I agree. And it makes me think and many times I know Kristen has told you this too, and Addie has almost regularly told me this. Is that how you would talk to Melissa Mm -hmm. or your daughters or what have you? Mm -hmm. Um, Because of that commitment to embrace the layers.
0: Okay. In our marriages and our partnerships, it's important that we're one, of course, embracing our own layers. And that we're also embracing each other's layers. We're not Gonna all show up perfectly for each other all the time. And so there needs to be grace and empathy and support. We all also have our quirks um, of things that we do. Now, do not mistake, this does not mean we accept harmful behavior, abusive behavior, hurtful behavior. Your inner knowing will tell you, and if it feels hurtful, harmful, abusive, wrong, those aren't the funny quirks I'm talking about. I'm talking about leaving the dirty socks out i'm not talking about cutting words that make you feel bad about yourself so make sure you're understanding the difference there but it's very important that we're able to embrace all of our imperfect layers um, of ourselves and with each other and support growth support change support nuance support the discovering of new layers of each other um, Because that's really going to help you in the relationship continue to show up for each other well uh, and feel supported. Again, it's being surrounded by those relationships that we value. So make sure that you're showing up for yourself and your partner that way and your partner's showing up for you that way. And this goes for friendships, too, and our relationships with our siblings, our parents, um, all those things. But, yeah, the importance of embracing layers within relationships and each other's layers, really, really important. And I would argue, though, that it's difficult to do until you are aware of them yourself in yourself. So if this layers work is new to you um, and new to your partner, rather than going to your partner and saying, "Hey, I've got this great idea," start with yourself first, and then once you've started with yourself, you've created some patterns, and you're getting more comfortable with that, then it's a great time to go to your partner. Like, you know, there's something that I've started doing, really getting to understand myself better, how I'm made, how I'm wired, what inspires me, what triggers me. And I think it could be really helpful for us to talk about with each other. So you know what I'm going through and, and, and you might be interested in, in going on that journey yourself on yourself and, and together as a couple, but, but um, I suggest, you know, always want to start this work with yourself. Um, and, and and you can share it and talk about it, but th- that's just in my experience. It's when we are able to find these things in ourselves that we're then able to do it better in relationships. All right. We are now going to hear um, from Kaylee Scott and Kaylee's going to talk about the importance of dress addressing all parts of ourself when we're talking about self-care. And you'll see what I mean here in a minute. And so let's hear from Kaylee.
6: Just learning that it's not always about caring for your physical body, but obviously, so it's deeper and the layers that you have in caring for your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health. And so I think I've been learning so much about what self-care really is and that it can look Mm. different you know, at different times of your life, but also just to reach all different needs. All right, I, I love what
0: Kaylee does here. She really makes sure, and she had to learn this because as, as a college athlete, you're always addressing the physical aspects of your care. But um, was she was not always sitting down and thinking about the other parts, what's going on with my mental, emotional, and spiritual health, these are all pieces of the puzzle. When I say layers, layers is a lot of things. There's layers to our care. Our care is multifaceted. So are we doing um, things each day that address all parts of that? Some days, certain areas need more attention than other areas. Um, so that's again, a go, going back to that naming, how you're feeling each day, that's really going to help you um, to assess, to make sure that you're addressing what's calling out for the most help, but also not neglecting other things um, that need attention as well. So I I really love how she spoke to that. All right. We are to Megan Minerski. Um, She is part of our season two um, guest list. Megan has several things to say. So we're going to hear multiple clips from Megan today. And I'm going to comment between each clip because they all address different things. But Megan has a lot of wisdom um, to share with us about how embracing layers informs and um, really helps her find her value in her self-care and seeing herself as valuable enough in her self-care. All right, here's Megan.
4: Now this really looks like checking in with a few different things to decide what I need to do for that Um, self-care. So something I learned has been like, first, like checking in with your energy, you know, like, will this take energy for me to do? Will this give me energy, energy afterwards? Do I have enough energy to do it right now? Um, mm-hmm. Is, you know, how does this, this fit in with what the energy that I have? And then I would think about emotions and how do I feel right now? How do I want to feel after doing this self-care? How will I feel if I don't do this? And um, if I wait t- twenty minutes, will this will my choice for self care be different? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, kind of trying to work through some of those questions, um, and then thinking about my needs as well. Like, is yeah. this meeting a primary need of mine? You know, do I need like rest? Do I need like food, water, movement? You know, um, all of those kind of necessities. But if not, like, are these primary needs taken care of to be able to kind of move to the next step to to fulfill self care? Um, and, you know, I have an example of like kind of failing at this, um, you know, movement is one of my favorite things to do for self-care. Um, I really prioritize exercise and, and any type of movement that's been a journey, um, to figure out through, through being yeah. a student athlete. But I would say there was one morning I woke up and I was like, my body is so tight. Like I'm so sore. Like I need yoga today. Like this just feels like yo- yoga is going to be what I do, how I spend my morning and I did yoga and it was so difficult. And I was like, why is this not like loosening up my body? Like it normally does. Like, and I ended up getting through it, but I was, I wanted to stop so many times in between it. And I, I remember like taking many child's poses and trying to like honor where I was at, but it, it just like, didn't make me feel better afterwards. Yeah. Well, as the day kind of progressed, I realized that I was actually ill and was very feverish. Oh, and wow. my body was like, aching. Um, you weren't sore, you were sick. Yes. yes. (laughs) And so like my, my immediate perception was like looking at like how my muscles felt, but really this was like a whole different level of pain that I didn't need to to do yoga. I needed to lay in bed. Yeah, I needed to go rest. to bed, take some Tylenol, and vitamin yes. C, and shut down. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So I kind of look back at this, and I kind of laugh because I'm like, yeah, like I thought I was doing something good for myself, but that's uh, not what I needed at that point. Wow. Um, and so it's been this journey of trying to figure out, like, what do I need? All right, in this first clip from Megan,
0: um. This assessing which kind of self care will feed your layers that need um, care that day is very important, but also listening to your body's clues within that. And I love her vulnerability in sharing when she messed up on this and or made a mistake. I messed up stuff even too strong. Just, just. Assessed wrong. She thought she was sore from a workout and her body was actually sick. So sometimes when in our mistakes, we learn, okay, next time I'll know that, you know, if I'm doing this and this, rather than stretching and yoga, I might need just need to go to bed. I just might need some rest. So I think it's um it's important to note that sometimes we'll miss the mark, but it can also be a learning opportunity. And I love that she was willing to share that. Okay, we're gonna hear from Megan again. She's this time gonna talk about identifying language about how you're feeling. I think you're going to find this really valuable. Here's Megan again.
4: Coming into grad school and learning more about emotions, about anxiety, um, it was like I was finally able to put words to what I was experiencing mm-hmm. and learning that, like just how powerful that is, how powerful language is in making us feel validated and yeah. now knowing what to do with those, those feelings. Um, and so once like I was able to like read about what I was experiencing in a textbook, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, yes, this, that is, was me. this is, yes, this is exactly what I went through and kind of had these feelings come up of, I wish I could go back and like now take this knowledge and like try yeah. to work through things differently. Um, but realizing like, okay, like how can I apply this to my life, my life now? Um, yeah. and I think what's been huge is just kind of being able to diffuse from like the thoughts and feelings that are there and not let them completely like engulf me, like how mm-hmm. I felt like they did when I was in college. Yeah. Um, and this requires a lot of like being mindful of what is going on. First of all, like you just being aware of like any body changes, any, like it usually manifests like physically what I feel at first coming on and then kind of like noticing just kind of like what I feel, um, inside of me and being able to like acknowledge it, like, there's something going on here. Um, labeling it, you know, trying to find the language um, I've recently learned the term like emotional granularity of like Mm. being able to expand the words that I use to label my emotions, um, and then allowing space for them. Um, so recognizing how important it is to allow my, my mind and my body to like fully experience an emotion, um, so that it doesn't linger and there aren't lingering effects from this emotion. Um, you know, I, I, I think part of what I understand now is like we as humans try so hard to avoid discomfort. Yes. We
5: We run away from it. How can I
4: make this go away? exactly like no matter what it is if it's guilt if it's shame if it's anxiety like sadness like we were are like we need to find anything to put a bandaid over this and and make it go away or to anticipate that it's going to occur and to to do something to make it go away and i think that's the space that i was in in college where i was like i am so anxious i will do anything to get rid of this right now and a lot of times we're like in this space where we're just struggling with it. And we're like, I'm going to push it away or I'm going to, you know, avoid situations So I don't have to experience it. You know, for me, it was like after volleyball and it was like avoiding volleyball. So like, I don't have to experience that anxiety. Um, But the more we struggle, the more the emotion grows or other emotions kind of come up from it. And so, you know, learning that emotions are guidance and if you're feeling uncomfortable, like that's not something you have to avoid, you know, like why are you avoiding discomfort? What, what yeah. stops you from just sitting in that for a little bit? Um, yeah. and kind of taking this judgment away from it and recognizing like, yeah, it probably is an uncomfortable space to sit in. Like no one wants to feel anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, the more I struggle with this and the more I try to push it away, the more that it's, just going to grow and never actually leave me. Um, and so I think I've tried to take that approach of like, this discomfort is trying to tell me something. Um, Mm. you know, like I remember recently I had, I was feeling so anxious because I had a, um, supervisor that was going to be observing me in a session. And Mm. originally when this was happening, I was like, okay, well, this is a reason to feel anxious. Like, your, your supervisor is going to be sitting in like anyone would feel anxious right now. But then like, as it kept coming up, I was like, hold on, why am I even anxious? Like my mm-hmm. supervisor is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to help you through this. So like, what is coming up here? And I, I realized it was like, feeling like I was going to be judged for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then was able to like explore that further and find like, right. what is that related to? Where did that come from? Yeah. Um, what's the root and then of that? I, Right. Right. Exactly. Like get to the, really the root of what was underneath that. Mm-hmm. And then I like, wasn't even anxious in my observation because it was mm-hmm. like, Oh, like I understand like what was coming up for me and yeah. where this was coming from. But when I took a step back and kind of reframed this of like, your, your supervisor is not going to judge you. Like you're in training, you know, you're here to learn and they're going to be able to give you the best feedback if they sit in with you. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's really just shifted from like struggling to with emotions to like allowing space for them and kind of trying to learn. I think if we have to accept the
0: layered aspects of ourselves before we can accept the layered aspects of other people. So that's just my experience. But talk about Mm
4: that. Yeah, so true. Um, Well, I would say that part of this did start in my experiences that happened when playing volleyball in college, when, you know, I was resisting this anxiety that I was feeling and like that this was how I was going to be a player, you know, for, for a certain amount of time. And um, I honestly really remember this conversation I had with Sierra and just opening up to her about it and her being like, Meg, like think about what amazing like clinician this is going to make you, you know, you now truly have an understanding of what someone goes through when they are experiencing mental illness and like what it's like to really fight with your mind. And that just brought this new understanding and acceptance of what I was going through of kind of giving me another why of like, Mm -hmm. Some people don't have this unique experience of being able to fully understand what someone's going through. And I think that did help me accept the experience that I was going through rather than resist it. Um, as hard as that was, because it was something I wanted to deny and not experience. Um, and I think, and and, and I would go back to, you weren't surrounded by a lot of people other than a very
0: few that wanted you to, you know, yes, and that's Mm -hmm. very, very
4: difficult. Right. Right. It was. And I probably went back and forth a million times a day on like, do I want to accept this? Do I not want to accept this? You know, like, how do I own this? Um, and I think like now that so much time has passed, I really have come to accept those, those layers. And, um, I think also sometimes with the student athlete identity, like, I think sometimes you want to be resistant towards that. Um, yeah. And just like, all of a sudden, like you were an athlete and then you lose that part of you. And, and it's like, Oh, like I, I can't really identify that way anymore, yeah. but like you can, you know, like those, there's sure. pieces of that that I've learned to incorporate into my day-to-day that I realized will always be a part of me. Absolutely. Um, and so I've learned to accept those aspects and recognize like, this is just who I am as a human at this yeah. point. Um, it's not just who I was as a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Um and then I, when I also think of this, like accepting the layers of ourselves, I think it's what's been helpful for me and like helping patients and also myself is like understanding where our inner critic comes from and like mm. that voice in our head that is often judgmental um, and kind of can can bring us down on a lot of days and seeing like when I explained to my patients, I'm like, this is adaptive. Like mm-hmm. think about it. Think back years and years ago when it was our, we had our ancestors that were living in tribes and, you know, you had to rely on other people to survive. You know, you had to have this inner critic because it kept you alive. It yeah. kept you from like, from people kicking you out of the tribe and into the wilderness by yourself where you didn't have a good chance of surviving, you Yeah, know? So like that's where that voice comes from. It's kept you alive. And we know that that's not really adaptive at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. so I like that. How can, yeah. How can we turn that inner critic and be more compassionate towards ourselves? Um, you know, oftentimes we're really compassionate towards other people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we think about how we support other people, what we say to them, but like, we wouldn't say the same things to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and recently I had this supervisor who was teaching about compassion focused therapy and mm. was saying that, you know, compassion is really like the sensitivity to the suffering of the self and others with a commitment to try to relieve really and prevent it. And when we kind of just like broke this down and and they were breaking it down into like one, like the ability to understand approach and engage with suffering and distress you know the courage that that really takes and then the second part of that being the desire and the motivation to alleviate suffering um mm. uproot its causes and seek to prevent suffering in the future um and that dedication and wisdom that is taken from that and i think being able to carry those things in just one word of compassion and seeing like how can i be more compassionate towards myself in this situation and um, I think that really helps to just accept and really embrace different layers, those things that we want to reject about ourselves, you know, like that we might be more forgiving or um, compassionate towards others. Like, how can we turn that in and kind of create that more compassionate voice? To okay,
0: I love what Megan said about identifying language, like I said before, and being able to put names and meanings to these emotions she's been feeling and how... She had been running away from the discomfort because she just wanted to feel, not feel it anymore. And instead, she needed to actually sit in it and name it and get to the root of it before she could address it and and embrace that as part of her journey, as part of her layers. And that language was so important for her. And I think it's so important for all of us. And then I love what she said about Talk to yourself like you would a friend or a loved one. And this takes practice. Um, This might be something you have to look yourself in the mirror and do. Look at your reflection and do it. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Um, But it's also something that I think if you stop each day, we have so many habitual thoughts that come to mind when we make a mistake or do something that are so natural. Oh, that was so stupid. Oh, you idiot. No, 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 no. You can't do that to yourself. I do it all the time. Um, But, you know, I challenge you to take a day and stop and see how many times a day you do that to yourself and then try to reframe the language. That wasn't the best decision in that that I wanted to make, but it was best for me in that moment in what was available to me. And I'll know better next time. Or even simply saying it maybe it was an idiotic idiotic, decision, but I'm not an idiot. Maybe the decision was separating the decision and the behavior from my identity. That can also be really important when you're talking to yourself. Um, So make sure, again, and saying loving, kind words to yourself. It's okay to say, I'm proud of you. You did great today. I love you. That's not bragging. That's affirmation. That's acknowledging your value. And I think we really need to remember that and reframe our thinking around that as well. Okay, we're going to hear from Megan again, and she's got some a continuing thought on this talking to yourself like you would a friend in this next sound bite.
4: So I think in like realizing that the relationship with myself is the most important, um, I've thought about like what I am bringing to the table in my relationships um, and how being the best version of myself is the best thing I can do for my relationships. And I feel like oftentimes we, we look to other people and like what they kind of do in our relationship or what they do for us. And it's like, well, what are you, what are you doing for them? Or like, what, what qualities do you have that make other people want to be in these relationships with you? And so I think when I think about like, just because relationships are so important to me like when I think about bettering myself I think about also doing it for other people which is quite ironic but like you know it's (laughs) it's it's most important for myself but also like it really does affect the quality of my relationships and oftentimes when the sides of me that I don't want to see come out it's in the context of a relationship or Mm -hmm. like something gets triggered because of a relationship and like I need to look at that trigger and find, dig a little bit deeper to be able to resolve this within myself so that it doesn't affect the quality of my relationship and, and my the relationship with my, with this other person. Cause I think often like yeah. the perspective and our previous experiences, our learning history, like all of those things are really what ends up coming out in our current present day relationships. And if we don't ever, learn to work past those things or be more compassionate towards those experiences. And we carry them with us as like, almost like a shield.
0: All right. Megan's point about start with being a friend to yourself helps you to be a better friend to others. Oh, I, I, it's, it's a, not a long comment, but I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's very difficult to show up well for someone else if you don't know first how to show up well for yourself. I think there's a lot of power in that and it's worth diving into. All right. Next, we're going to hear from my friend, Dr. Bernadine Waller. Again, we've got multiple clips from Dr. Byrne. She's absolutely fantastic. So much to learn from her.
7: She is in season three and um, here's Dr. Byrne. I want us as women to do better with setting boundaries. It should not take a life altering health challenge for us to do that. Right. And so it took that for me. Um, and so me now, if it is not consistent with what it is God has given me to do, if it's not consistent with my kingdom assignment, the answer is no. If someone asks me to do something and I pray about it and God doesn't himself doesn't give me the green light, the answer is no, and yeah. no is a complete sentence, and no is yes. my first answer. no period. <laughs> No period, not a no, comma, not a no semicolon, right? It is no period. Um, and if you keep asking me, the no period turns into a no exclamation mark, right? (laughs) It's not a question mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a question mark, it turns into exclamation mark. And so I have learned to be more protective of my sense of self and my sense of well-being. And I'm really fortunate to be surrounded. Um, by mentors and people who care about me, the person, Mm -hmm. not just me, what I can produce. And as a woman that is, you know, who's in academic settings or a woman who has been in corporate, it is so important that you have... um, uplines and managers and bosses yeah. and colleagues who care about you, the person who are going to protect those parts of you who have access to places and areas that you don't necessarily have access to. Right. So yeah. my bosses have access to doors that I don't have access to and rooms that I don't have access to sure. but they can advocate for me and they can protect me and they can tell people burn is awesome. Burn is great. I don't think you should give this to burn. Like, this is too much for her. No, this is not going to help her in her career. It's not just about what we need. It's about what she needs and how her needs can help us equally. Um, And to have a boss like that, um, he has been very curative.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Women, we have to stop hitting a wall before we take the time to take care of ourselves. We have to not let ourselves get to that point. We are are worthy of more than this. And and we, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we have a lot of pressure from the world around us to show up for everyone everywhere all the time and put ourselves last. We're told it's selfish to put ourselves first. It is not. It is a joke on the universe that we think that because if we aren't showing up as our healthiest, best versions, no one else is getting our healthiest, best versions. So we really need to reframe that and stop allowing ourselves to get to these major breakdown points with our physical bodies, our emotional health, our, our mental health. We're worthy of more and we deserve better. And, and, and I, I really want us to start thinking about that as a collective and supporting each other. So again, she speaks to the same thing that we heard earlier from Megan Vanstone, surrounding ourselves with people that support that. All right, here's another
7: great soundbite from Dr. Byrne that it's not selfish to do this. And so surrounding right. yourself with women and with people who see mm-hmm. self-care as part of, uh, as in, as it not being selfish, it's part of the process of being. And self-care right. is not just the spiritual, right? Because right. oftentimes women of faith will think that self care is just prayer. It is just going mm-hmm. to church. It is just having emotions. It's more than that. It's yes. how are you allowing yourself? to free yourself.
6: Yes. What makes you feel
7: like you are liberated? What are yes. things you can do? that uh, Again,
0: so good. She's got so many great nuggets in this episode. Surround yourself with women who see self-care as part of the process of being, of existing. It's not selfish. And and then again, those find those ways to fulfill you. We talked about that earlier as I was introducing this topic to you today find those activities. If this is something you struggle with, you're like, I don't know what fulfills me. I'm having a hard time naming my emotions. There's so much going inside me. I don't know where to start. Start here then. Start with five activities that nourish you. I end my podcast asking each of my guests that. And they will name five activities that nourish them. It might be reading. It might be taking a nap. It might be singing their favorite songs on the radio as they're driving. It might be going for a run. It might be working in their garden. It might be going to a concert. It might be having lunch with a friend. It might be just sitting in the quiet. Um, it might be a hike in nature. Whatever it is, Find those activities that nourish you and build your self-care around that. And then as you get comfortable with that, then you can start parsing out how I'm feeling. Which of these things do I need today um, so that you don't get overwhelmed either? I mean, you can't always do everything every day, but start with those five activities that nourish you if you're struggling with this. I think that's a really helpful way to go about it. Okay. We're gonna hear from Dr. Byrne um again. She's got um, she's gonna talk about value
7: here and our value. And I I
0: love this in this soundbite.
7: You know, in my twenties, I really invested the time to get in touch with who it is that I am. So oftentimes as women we are looking outward and seeing yeah. everyone else's value. And we've not taken the time to do, as it said in the scripture, to sweep our own house and find oh, the, the yeah. beauty and the gem that is within us. And in my 20s, i really started to take that time um, to find the beauty that is within and be okay with the fact that I, you know what? I have chocolate skin and my chocolate skin is beautiful, right? I yes. love the fact that I have dimples. And so one of the assignments I gave myself was to look at myself every single morning in the mirror and then look to find the things about me that I loved. What my oh, I love do? that. Um, because we often look to see all the flaws that we have. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, my nose is too big. It's too wide. It's, you know, my lips are too thick. They're too thin. Whoa. Oh my gosh. And my ch- my cheekbones are too high. Or I wish I had, you know, a cleft in my chin. Or, you know, my eyes are too brown or too hazel. Like, find wow. out the beauty that we have. Like, who are you and what makes you beautiful? And yeah. I when I gave myself the ability and the freedom to find out and get in touch with who I am and what made me beautiful, yeah. it made life all the more better, right? And that's oh my gosh. English, I know. No, um, but that's true though. More better, I think that's proper English. <laughs> it, it made life, you know, more better. And it really did enrich who it is that I was. And it started to give me confidence in myself. Um, And then as I became more comfortable and saw my beauty, what I found was I was attracting people toward me who also saw Mm. the beauty within me. I literally had to take the time to spend with me, Mm. um, to realize the value and the gifts of who it is that I am. You've got to understand your value. And when you come to a place where you understand truly who you are and your value Mm -hmm. and understand that you are a gem and understand Mm -hmm. that you are beautiful and understand, yes, you have scars, but your scars are beautiful.
0: Take the time to see the gem that is within us And take the time, which we've already addressed today, but this is a great reminder from Byrne and her journey in doing this, taking the time to get to know and appreciate our layers and their story and how they inform about us. I think that's so powerful. All right. We've got more from Dr. Byrne coming right here.
7: Because I am not my work. Right. I Yes. So my work will come. My work will go. My work may change. Right. But I am still me. And, yeah. and understanding my value and my worth, even outside of that, you know, just understanding, again, your value and your worth. I am not my awards. I am mm-hmm. not my grant funding. I am. That's out of the overflow of who it is that I am. Yes. Right. I have learned how to, in this season, in the past, you know, year and a half now that I've been at Columbia, I've learned the value and the beauty of balance, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And to have shifting priorities. Cause we always talk about this wonderful thing called work-life balance. There's no such thing as work-life balance, right? (laughs) What is your priority? Right. Your priority on Monday should not be your same priority on Saturday. Right. Right. And so we should not be living to work. We should be working so that we can live.
0: Ah, yes. We are not our work, We are not our awards. We are not our titles. We are not our labels. That's what we do, but it's not who we are. And I love that she addresses that. That's just, that's so beautifully said. And again, it goes back to, that's why I introduced our guests in our um, podcast, By Their Character Traits. I want us to get in the habit of that, of seeing us as who we are and knowing what those character traits are, knowing what those things are that drive us, knowing those things that nourish us, knowing how we show up in the world, because that better informs the kinds of things we want to be involved in. It better informs what we want to say yes and no to. And all those things will inform how we feel about the life we're living. So important. All right. One last soundbite from Dr. Byrne. Um, and this is going to go a little deeper on what we were just talking about here of getting to know those layers of taking the time. Accepting the layered aspects of ourselves. And so just kind of circling back to that, because you touched on that earlier,
7: but kind of circling back to that idea. <sighs> layers. We are multifaceted individuals and I am the sum total of who I was,
5: mm.
7: who I am. And I've yet to tap into where I'm going to be. Mm. But I'll never reach the maximum of who I am going to be unless I've been I've unless I've had the courage. Mm. Really, Melissa, Mm. to excavate. Yes. Um and, and and to and to and to truly and to clean off the dirt and to process the dirt. Yeah. Because it's those dirty places that yeah. got us to where it is that we are now. Yeah. And all dirt isn't bad. Right? right. All coal isn't bad, right? We we are yeah. quick to throw away the coal, but the coal, after it's been under pressure, turns into diamonds. Diamonds, yeah. Yeah. And so understanding that
6: mm-hmm. and,
7: and being okay with that and, yeah. and allowing yourself to go through that process, I think is the most powerful thing and gift that we can give to ourselves. Yeah. Let alone to the world and to the Absolutely. people our families and our friends. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. I think that's the beauty uh, of that. And and being okay to nourish the different parts of you. Mm -hmm. Right. So I nourish myself spiritually, but just because I'm nourishing myself spiritually doesn't mean I'm nourished emotionally. Right. And so I went through 10, 12, 13, 14 years of nourishing myself spiritually, but not necessarily nourishing myself emotionally Mm. and mentally. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't to your, you, you gave a wonderful analogy a little bit ago, where you talked about you end up as an empty pot, mm-hmm. and empty pots end up cracked pots when mm. the heat is turned up. Yeah, yeah. And when you're a cracked pot, literally, what needs to happen is you need to get pulled off. You cannot, you cannot be used Mm-mm. because anything you pour into a cracked pot, Melissa, is going to seep out. It's going to leak. And we end up leaking pots, leaking our hurt, our pain, Mm. our trauma onto other people. And, matter of fact, we're leaking our traumas onto the people that we were ordained to heal.
5: We're hurting
7: them. We're hurting the people that we were ordained to heal because we've not taken the time Mm. to make sure that we're nourishing the multiple parts of us. But when we do that, we are full. Yeah. The whole we're yeah. empowered yeah. and we're free and liberated to give other women, other people around us the freedom to do exactly what we did and the courage to do that. I can tell you it it's a journey. Yes. That takes courage, right? Yes. Because you have to you have to unpeel those layers of pain. And just like onions, I still remember, right? You know, I went through my layers of pain in my 20s, but in my 30s. I had to come to another series of pain that I had not yet uncovered and unearthed. Hmm. And so I had to unlayer those and give myself the freedom to be okay to do that. And if that meant I had to cry in prayer, then I had to do that. Mm -hmm. If that meant that I cried in prayer as well as in therapy, then Mm -hmm. that meant I had to do that. Yes.
0: Excavating and examining all of those places we've been accepting and understanding, nourish the different parts of us. So we don't leak out. I love this so much. We don't leak out the uncared for parts onto ourselves and others. Oh, so good. So good. That's not how we want to show up for other people, the people we love and care about and love that so much. And then our example gives others permission to do the same. It takes time encouraged to do this. Yes, 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 and yes. So if you're doing this or you're thinking about doing this, you are courageous. That's a character trait. If you're having trouble with a character trait, that could be your first one. All right. We're going to move to a, a new guest. Paula Torinos um, was from our season four um, kickoff episode. Paula's going to talk about the inner child. This is really powerful. Here's
1: Paula. Paula.
8: Once I started working on healing my inner child and telling myself mm-hmm. that I wasn't, you know, just saying these things to present me, but also me as a kid, like literally looking mm-hmm. at photos of little me, you know, that's mm-hmm. when I started realizing I, I have to be true to myself and really live in my skin. So that that was in college when I really started um, practicing that. And um, that's when I discovered other multifaceted parts of my identity, you know, whether it was my queerness and really embracing that. Um, and once I did embrace that, I could speak more on that a bit later. (laughs) Um, that's when I truly felt like I was able to start really loving myself and putting in that self care, um, and that effort. And I just, it was so again, relieving, just understanding the complexities of my identity and doing it for me, not just for, you know, my parents like they would tell me don't do these things for us do it for sure. yourself um yeah that's when i i began that journey
0: oh so good paula so so good from paula the importance of healing our inner child to uncovering all of our complexities our layers our identities i love how she spoke to this so beautifully so important to not discount or forget about that, that inner child because that inner child's going to keep screaming out to you until you attend to her. Um, and I, I just love how Paula addressed this and so wise about this. Okay, we are moving um, to our friend, Danielle Petrucci. She was also in season four, just a few weeks after Paula. And she's going to talk about um, how journaling helped her um, build self-trust. So here's, here's Danielle. We're going to hear a few... Um, bites from Danielle. Here's the first one. Yeah, I also
5: feel, you know, I was kind of thinking about this too. And like this concept of journaling is so yeah. cliche. Yes. But I have to say one thing that I think is really important to kind of reframe what a journal means is that it's sort of a safe space to, cre- to begin to create a place that is safe externally, where you can learn to build trust in yourself. Mm. And so many times with mental health and with emotional health, there's nothing really like externally, right? That we can, oh yeah, here, do this. And then you're fixed, right? right? right. It's not that way. So a journal can serve as just sort of like a very external resource of an intentional space to give yourself that room to kind of
0: I never thought about journaling this way. I use journaling. It is an activity, but I never thought of it, thought of it as an activity to build self-trust in yourself. And that's so important because if we're gonna see ourselves as valuable, part of seeing ourselves as valuable and part of seeing ourselves as worthy is trusting ourselves and part of being able to give ourselves the kind of workout self-care that we need for our bodies is trusting what our body's telling us. Um, so this self-trust piece is so important, such a big piece of the embracing our layers and how it informs our self-care. And I, I'm so glad she spoke to this. I'd never heard it this way before. Super helpful. Okay, um, another quick bite here from, from Danielle, but very powerful. Here's Danielle again. And
5: let fear be your personal trainer. Mm. So instead of... Instead of making it your enemy, sure, it's there because it's trying to teach you something. So just listen a little more. And just like yeah. you said, like, you know, again, we're just going to say, be present with that fear. Yeah. And what was it trying to tell of, me? Yeah. Because also if you're seeing it, it's because you're ready to let go of whatever that fear is protecting you from.
0: Mm. Yeah. And you don't
5: need that protection in the same way you needed it. Yeah. And when I left that past relationship, I, that fear that was coming up, I was ready to graduate from it. Mm, I was ready to step into the truth of what really wanted to be in my life.
0: Ooh, let fear be a teacher. Fear tends to be something we want to run away from. But I love how she spoke to letting fear be a teacher and how that informed her. Of what it was that she needed to deal with, what she was fearing, and why, how, why, and how to process that and move through it, and not allow it to detract to her, or get in her way anymore. I love how she addressed this. Really, really wise insight there. Okay, she is going to speak again, Danielle. Um, and this, I think, if you're having a hard time like narrowing down a focal point, this might really help you.
5: So at that time freedom was my North star. So Mm. I like using the term North star because it's like like that guiding principle, right? So even in the dark clouds, it's like, it's like, you're setting that intention very internally, very subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And then you're like manifesting your life from it. And so Mm. at that time, um, you know, freedom, freedom was it. And truth, truth has always been just this internal compass for me. Yeah. And such a desire for me to seek truth in all things that I do. So does
0: that answer the question? Absolutely. It does. And I think that's how you ended up getting there because you stuck to that. You you know, even in the times where you ignored it, you kept coming back to it. Life has a way of doing that, you know. It does. It does. It forces our hands sometimes, which (laughs) we need. Which we need. Absolutely. Totally. let freedom and truth be your North star. Wow. So yeah, I think this is very helpful in, as you're looking at your character traits, as you're looking at your relationships and the health of them, as you're looking at whether there's some things you need to start saying yes or no to ask yourself, do they align with freedom in my life? Do they align with truth in my life? Um, And allow that to be a guide. I think that can be super helpful as you're going and starting this journey or even if you're on the journey already and maybe you need to hit reset on some things. Super helpful. All right, we've got one more soundbite from our friend Danielle here. This is one of my favorite soundbites from season four Um, and we'll see how you feel about it after you listen to it. But here it is. Um, Here's Danielle one more time. I think, but talk to me a little bit more about that specifically, the layers piece.
5: Yeah. You know, what comes up for me with this is, um, I, I've had this dream since I was a little girl. Like I would write my diary and I would just play with my Barbies and have this image of me, like falling in love and being swept off my feet by a man. Right. And just like, Mm -hmm. just like this epic love story. And I'm getting to the layers part, I promise. But like, yeah, no, no, no. go, go. It was this, (laughs) yeah. And it, and it was this, this, just deep seated desire that i've always had right and through my divorce and marriage and then divorce the same person yeah i've slowly realized that that dream was actually that desire was a yearning to become my own soulmate to learn who i am and to oh. bring that back into myself and find the one within
0: Oh, I love that. That's so
5: good. Oh man. <laughs> Thank you. And it's been, and so, and i wanted to be swept off my feet by that. And so the point mm. with layers is that yes layers, because I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be stagnant. I want surprise. I want to be, I want passion. I want life. I want love. I want joy. And that is just more layers. We peel off the more we find the more beauty. And yeah. so just that, that just that, constant finding of myself.
0: Uh, As you embrace your layers, find the one within, become your own soulmate. Ah, If you can do that, then you're going to show up so much healthier in your relationships because instead of you needing something from someone else, You're going to, you're going to have that own comfort within yourself. And then your interactions with them aren't going to be based on need as much as they are choice and want. And and you're not going to, it's going to take so much pressure off of your relationships. Um, I, I, you know, and, and this was an interesting one for me. The first time I heard this, I was just, it just took me aback. My husband and I have always talked about each other as each other's soulmates. And I think if you do that, if you have a relationship with that, think about what that means. Is it in a healthy context or is it not? So for us, it's this is my person who shows up for me, loves me just as I am, embraces me, gets me, wholeheartedly understands me in a way that nobody else does. That's a that's a healthy example, in my in my opinion, definition of a soulmate. If it's somebody that you feel like you need so desperately. And without them, your value is somehow less. That's not healthy. And that's where you want to like, okay, what do I need? What kind of work do I need to do within myself so that I see myself as valuable regardless of the job I'm in, the relationship I'm in, the season of life I'm in. Um, And so that's what I'd have to say about that. But I love Danielle's sharing and her authenticity and journey in that. All right. We are going to move to um, my friend, Teresa Vesneski. She's also from season four. Amazing journey that Teresa has been on. And Teresa's around my age. We're both in our early 50s. And it's never too um, late to start this journey. And here's Teresa. about expectations, yours versus others in this whole journey.
9: So I think that's one of my boundaries. Mm. I, I try not to listen to others' expectations.
0: Oh, I love what she says here. Not listening to others' expectations is one of her boundaries. That's brilliant. I've never heard it said that way before. I love that so much. She um, had, you know, experienced this in, in a lot of different ways in her life, and I think many of us do. And so she just started saying, "No, you're um, you're imposing of expectations on me is, is not." allowed anymore. That's a boundary that I've set that I will not, I will not take that information in and accept it, um, anymore. I love that. And that's something, like I said, she started doing now. Um, and again, never too late, whether you're 25 or 75, and she's got more to say about that here. Um, here's Teresa one more time. You know,
9: I, for once in my life, I can say, I really love myself. Mm. you know, and that, and, and I'm 52. That took a long time, Melissa. I do. I'm, I, I love myself. I'm proud Mm. of myself. I accept myself. I know I'm not
5: perfect. Mm
9: -hmm. I I know. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, that whole, that whole line, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, it it is okay. And it's okay to ask for help and it, and it's okay. Um, Yeah. And it's okay to be yourself and be who you are. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, just push out those things that don't help you.
0: Never too late to start loving yourself, ladies. It's never, never too late. I love that. I love the journey she's been on. She's so inspiring to me. She's a friend that I met um, when our girls played volleyball together years ago. And it's just been so awesome to watch her journey, but it's ladies, it's never too late to start loving yourself. Um, you are worth it. And I hope, I hope if you're not on that journey, you'll get on that journey. And, and again, we're here to support you with lots of resources in doing that. Um, all right, we're going to move to Valerie Rivera. And um, she also sees four. that's a powerhouse in season four, um, season one and season all the seasons are packed. I love all of our guests. There's something to learn from all of them, but, um, but here we've got some um several sound bites from Valerie we're going to share with you. Um and she's going to start talking about being your own cheerleader. Here's Valerie.
6: Celebrate yourself, right? Mm. Be your first, be be your if you need to be your only cheerleader, right? It's obviously more it provides a lot more Enthusiasm to have other people root for you, but you got to be the first one that shows up for yourself. You know, you got to celebrate your big, you got to celebrate your small victories. Yeah. You also want to be able to reflect on the journey that it's taken you to get Mm. to those small and big victories. Yeah. Um, I always felt like showing off right was frowned upon and it is to some extent you got to do it in a way that's going to be like you are your biggest cheerleader so that other people will continue to you know stand beside you stand behind you
0: be your own cheerleader first don't wait for others to do it for you yes i love this so much it's okay to be your own cheerleader and guess what When people see you being your own cheerleader, it invites them to come along with you and it encourages them and gives them kind of the the knowledge and the thinking and the example of like, I can do that for myself too. I love that. So good. So good. Okay. We're going to hear a little more from Valerie here about layers as clues. Here's Valerie again.
6: My own healing journey, I've learned to be more aware, more self aware of what all of these different layers entail for me. Mm. Um, And each layer really symbolizes something, whether it's a personal aspect, a professional aspect. We have to ask ourselves, where is this coming from? What Mm -hmm. story is attached to that layer? And Mm. is it like a present story? Is it a past story? Is it a story we're working towards? You know, I do like this approach with my clients where I talk about like past, present and future. And we want to be able to connect those. Right. A lot of what we have in store for ourselves moving forward, it's probably because of something that we were missing growing up Mm -hmm. or something that we were missing, you know, in our early adulthood. And so when we start to connect the dots, we really do start to understand a lot of where those layers are coming from. Okay. Um, I think that there's so much shame that we ourselves can encompass through rejecting our own layers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's like Brene Brown says that if you were to put shame in a Petri dish, Right. It would just grow and grow and grow. But you want to be able to understand how you change the direction of that growth. Right. It doesn't have to be um, shame. It can be something that allows you to feel more connected with yourself and in in a challenging way. Right. Um, I'm still learning about my many layers. Yeah. But I definitely do it with a lot more compassion than yeah. when I was younger. You know, I, yeah. I I'm able to recognize that I am in control, that I have the power to do things for myself. And I get to invite people to be a part of those various layers. Layers as clues and stories to our lives.
0: We I love this. We have a choice and who has access to those layers. We get to decide who is worthy from a, how they treat a standpoint and how they see a standpoint. Everyone's worthy. Everyone's valuable, but are they acting? Do their actions, do they show up in your life in a way where they have proven trustworthy and that they have proven that they can be trusted with these, with these layers about ourselves, that they value you as much as you value yourself. Um, I love that she spoke to that. I think that's so important when we're looking at our relationships and how we show up for each other. She also has an acronym um, that she uses, and it didn't come up in this soundbite, but I love this acronym. It's TYPES, T-I-P-E-S, Trust, Intimacy, Power and Control, Esteem, slash Safety. Um, And it's something that she kind of uses as she's looking at her relationships, how she's showing up. Um, for others, how they're showing up for her. I, I think that there's a lot of, um, great use in that as you're doing this layers work, embracing your layers, accepting yourself, prioritizing your self-care work. And if you're surrounding yourself with people that support that as well. All right. We are going to move to Marissa Shabai. Um, Marissa, um, with our blog writer, um, soon to be author, um, cause we, um, have a great project coming out in early 2024 that Jessica's a, 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 the major component of. That Jessica Garrison on our staff um, joined Marissa Shabai, who works, who is a therapist that helps people with seasonal depression, um, to talk about that in, in season three. But within that, they talked a lot about um, patience and grace with ourselves as we embrace these different layers again. She's talking specifically about seasonal depression, but this is an example of one of those layers that maybe we may not love, but it's part of our journey. So she's going to talk about um, patience and grace here. Um, Here's Marissa.
10: That this is an experience we're having in life. Acceptance also means Mm. doing the work required to heal and grow from it. And balancing that with allowing ourselves to rest because if we're, you know, I'm going to go to therapy every week, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And this is going to look so different for me. You know, we, we tend to go in that direction or the, I can't handle this. I'm just, it's out, it's completely out of my control and it's balancing that idea of growth and work and evolving and allowing ourselves to rest you know, there's a strong and it's not mm. a bad thing movement in our culture. It's important to talk about it as we're doing today that emphasizes healing. However, if we hyper yeah. focus on I have to heal, I have to heal, I have to heal. I'm on this healing journey. You know, I'm yeah. reached. I'm going to reach this existential place someday. <laughs> whatever that looks like. And it's all going to be. Better. Right? We're not living in the present. We're constantly focused on our perceived deficits and being better. It's okay to be who we are as imperfect people. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not feel happy every single day of this season. It's okay to not enjoy the upcoming holidays all the time because of certain dynamics in your family or commitments you made. I'm like, I wish I had done this instead. It's (laughs) <laughs> okay. You know, that steps into that toxic positivity, you know, where I, 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 everything's yeah. going to look so much different this year. Well, it might, but there might be times where it doesn't. And acceptance is sure. saying, that's okay that I'm feeling down today. Yeah. And I think too, listening to your body, because I
0: think I know that I've done this. When you get tools for something, you're all of a sudden like, all right, all the tools, here we go. And instead of intuitively listening to what your body needs, the tools can become a checklist. And then you get at the end of the checklist and you're like, why don't I feel any better? And so I think it's so much about maybe a whole checklist was probably too much. You probably don't need all of those things. And two, what do you need today? And it might not be the same thing you need tomorrow. A, you know, a brisk walk up and down your stairs might be just what your body's telling you to need today. You need today, but maybe some light yoga stretching in the sunlight of your living room with the blinds open is what you need tomorrow. I mean, whatever it is, right. but not feeling like those tips. Oh, I got these tips. Now I have conquered this disorder. This is not going to be a thing for me anymore. I'm not going to feel yeah. this
10: way. And that's not That's not realistic. We're human. And we're human. I I know something for me. If I have a day where I'm feeling agitated, right? Me going and doing yoga is is not the best choice for moving my body at that point. I need to go run. (laughs) I need to lift weights. I need to expel that energy. But then there are days when my body is like, I really need to do yoga today. And so it's being aware of what your mind and body needs it's acknowledging that and if you can't do an hour hour of yoga that's okay can you step outside and absorb the sunlight and go on a short walk Mm -hmm. how can you do something differently that is more in touch with your need rather than i have to do this because i committed to do this for the month of december
0: (laughs) Uh, I love this. Great insights from Marissa on this, on the patience and grace with ourselves on this journey. Don't forget to rest. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I haven't mentioned this before now. I think I did mention naps at one point. Rest, rest, rest. We think we have to be going a thousand miles an hour all the time. I'm as guilty as anybody. I always laugh as as I share these things that I've learned and I'm on this journey. There's so many things that I'm still working on and rest is one of them and not feeling guilty about it and not assessing the worth of my day or myself on how much I did or how much I got done. Or if I chose to rest and rest can look a lot of different ways. Um, It might be taking a nap. It might be sitting out in the sun. Um, I just got a pool I've never had a pool before in my life. I'm super excited about that, but I've had to like really wrestle with, oh my gosh, is it okay for me to go out on Wednesday afternoon after I finished my work and lay um, by my pool? And I, I'm like, I've had to like, I've really like unpacked, I'm like I'm still like really struggling with this. So again, rest, uh, don't forget to rest. Give yourself grace and I really like how she spoke to allowing, don't allow our tools to become a checklist. I talked to her about that. She and I had a great back and forth on this. So many times we get these tools, we get these resources, we're all excited, but then they become a checklist. They became, become a thing to do instead of something that's nourishing. So that's why it's so important to go back to what is it that I need today? Because then it becomes really about your wellness, and your care, rather than just okay, I went for my run. Check, is that what you needed today, or did, or maybe you needed the run, but maybe you also needed five minutes of quiet time, listening to whale noises, or maybe you just needed to sit in the car for five minutes when you got home with no noise uh, before you head into the house for the evening. What is that, you know, thing? So keeping that intentional and not allowing it to become. A checklist item because then it will not be fulfilling or nourishing anymore. Um, but really, she talks about this really being present, really listen to our bodies and what they need in this moment. And then, and don't fall into toxic positivity. Just be present. Don't feel like you've got to force yourself to just be positive all the time accept what is in each moment. Um, and, and that means it's being nuanced in that. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I do not feel like going in and helping the kids with the homework, you know, but you know, but I, I'm grateful I have them. I'm grateful that that is an option I have, but it's hard for me. And, and I, and so you don't have to feel guilty about that but acknowledging it and naming it can really help us to show up better in it. It helps us to show up like, all right, guys, listen, mom is tired tonight. And I know you, you all need my help and I'm going to show up for you. So, um, but I just want you to know that I'm tired. I'm not feeling a hundred percent, but, but I'm, I'm happy to be with you. I just don't, um, but I don't want to snap at you. I don't want to be impatient. If for some reason I'm showing up impatiently, let's stop and take a breath and talk about it. Um, That's so much better than to try to fake your way through it. And then all of a sudden you're snapping your kid's head off because you don't actually feel the way you're conveyed on the outside. So, so much. That's just one example. But yes, acceptance of what is in the moment, acceptance of who we are and how our minds and bodies work and how we're showing up in each day. And, and being okay with it and finding what it is you need within that that can help you show up the best way possible and not allowing yourself to be defined by those things, um, you know, by those, when I say, I mean, like those diagnoses, those um, challenges, but allowing yourself to take the time, be patient, find the resources that will help will, that feel helpful to you and nourishing to you within that. Okay. We've heard from so many of our great guests today. I'm so thankful that I've had them on the podcast. I have them as a resource. And then again, I can share them with you in this way. Again, you can find full episodes of all these plus all of our episodes. We are almost through our first full five seasons on embracinglayers.com again, um, within those episodes, you'll find timestamps if there's just a certain area you want to go back to, there'll be timestamps. There's blogs about the episodes. There's a resource, a sources page where you can find resources from those episodes that maybe if there's an episode that really clicked for you, you want to like, oh, I wonder what their resources are. She sounds like she's on a similar journey to me. I could really maybe what she's doing might be helpful for me too. and And being willing to experiment with that. You know, we're not always. It's what we need is going to change. It's going to be fluid. We're not always going to find that thing that works right away. And just because it works for one person doesn't mean it'll um, work for you. But being willing to try and and continuing to be persistent till you find that thing that really clicks with you, that's helpful and nourishing. Because remember, you're valuable and you're worth it. All right. We also, I mentioned Jessica earlier in her exciting new project. We have a book. Um, about our first four seasons with quotes from our guest and insights from Jessica on the blogs that she wrote about those episodes in the first four seasons coming out in winter, 2024. That's for that friend, that sister, that daughter, that mom, that, that coworker. Maybe she doesn't love a podcast, but she needs to go on this journey or she doesn't love a radio show, but she's a reader. This is a way to get her engaged in this conversation and and doing these things together and being a part of our community in that way. So that's going to be coming in um, February, hopefully February, crossing fingers, but hopefully um, February 2024. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be here with you every Monday, um, starting on January 1st on the Embracing Layers radio show. We can't wait. Thanks so much for being with us today. I hope you found this helpful and supportive. Remember, you are worth it. Self-care is not selfish. You are valuable. Find your empowerment and embrace your layers. Thank you so much. Have a great week.